Well, good morning. In, uh, in 1959, the Queen of England was going to visit Chicago, and so they made elaborate preparations for her arrival. All the trash cans were painted, the red carpet was rolled out, all the restaurants and hotels in town were told to prepare and get special ready for her arrival. And when they contacted the Drake Hotel and talked to the manager, his reply was simply, we're making no plans for the Queen, our rooms are always ready for royalty. I want us to think not so much about receiving a queen, but I want us to think about the fact that at any given point in our life, God places his hand on us with a request to serve him, to put our lives into play with something like that. And, and so are we prepared, not just like are we as a church prepared for God to call on us for a special task, but are we as individuals prepared for that saying, do we live ready to serve him? Do we live ready to respond to his call? Do you think about what God has done in your life? Okay? Maybe the difference that this church has meant in your life. You learned about Jesus, some of you, through this church. Some of you through a different church. But you became a disciple or a follower of Jesus because someone else was first a follower of Jesus and shared him with you. And we think about how many more people in our lives need to know about him, need to hear that message, need to meet him. And so in order for people to be um, connected to God and then grow as disciples and ultimately make more disciples, we're going to have to have um, a, a people revolution, right? We're going to have to think differently and bigger and more boldly about what it is that God is calling us to do in our lives. So we started this series, and we started talking about generosity because so many of us know that like, where our treasure is, there our heart will be also, Jesus says. And if we are going to make room for God to work in our life, sometimes what we need to do is just unlock that piece of generosity and realize God blesses us to bless others. Not to accumulate, not to store, not to amass, but he gives us things and jobs and finances so that we can be a blessing to other people. And when we settle that issue in our heart, it opens up some room, some space in our heart to be ready, to be prepared when God gives us that call to serve him. And then Drew, the last couple of weeks, has talked to us about our growth, about our personal growth, our engagement with God and his word in his prayer, in prayer with, with his people to put us on a track that says, God, I want to be closer to you. I want to draw near to you so that when, when I hear your call, I actually can hear your call instead of the noise of the world that so often drowns it out. And he talked about us with us last week about living life in community and how much better life is when it's done together with God's people and how God made us to be um, needy of one another, not needy in a bad way, but needy in a good way, where we receive from others when we have needs and we give to others when they have needs and, and we're close enough in our lives to know when that actually is. Because sometimes that, that call that God places on our life is very simply a call to love or to give or to meet a need of someone and you have to be in proximity, life-wise, with another person to do that. 
And so those things put us in a place where we can hear just what it is that God wants to say to us. And that's, they, they form the foundation, if you would, of the revolution, our relationship with him, our relationship with other disciples. And so today we're going to talk in this People Revolution series about the call that God has, has placed on us to serve. Okay? And I'm going to ask that you pray and that you respond to whatever specific purposeful commitment God might ask you to make today. Now, I do want to say up front that, that we are not defined by what we do. Okay? Um, we might do a lot for God. You might give yourself completely to God. It doesn't make you more valuable to Him. It makes you more useful to Him. It makes you more fruitful for Him. It makes you more productive for Him. But He couldn't love you any more than He loves you now. It's not based on what you do. It's based on the fact that, that you are His child. And He created you uniquely, purposefully that way. And He loves you in that way. Now, that said, when we serve other people, Jesus told us that we're actually serving him. We're giving our lives back to him. He told us in several of the gospels that it's recorded that greatness is in his kingdom. It comes through serving, not through taking, not through being, but through serving. And it also is the path he says, by which he blesses both our lives and the lives of others. Okay? But doing it through Jesus and doing it under his direction, that, that's the key to the whole piece of serving. Jesus said in John chapter 15, verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, Jesus says, you can do nothing. Now, obviously, we can still do things without Jesus, right? We know people who aren't connected to Jesus at all, and they're still doing things in life. But I think Jesus says, if you want to do things that are really going to matter, if you want your life to be part of bearing fruit for his kingdom, if you want to be involved in something that's going to make an eternal difference, then we do it in his name, by his power. Under his direction. That's what we find in Scripture. So I want to talk about this call that God has placed on each of our lives. I want to start out by reminding us that according to God's word, we have all been entrusted. Okay? We've been entrusted. God has created each of us uniquely. By his plan, we're all different. Okay? And some of those differences come in the form of things like skills or personalities or experiences. Okay. We, we got back last Saturday night, a week ago Saturday night late, from a, a mission trip to Montana. And I can't tell you how uh, giddy the people on our team were when they were handing out assignments on Monday morning about who was going to be doing what serving that week. And they said, Chris, you're going to do plumbing. Okay. Like plumbing or painting, they said, one or the other. Okay, both at the very bottom of my list of things I want to do. And they found out pretty quickly both are at the bottom, or at least plumbing, was at the bottom of the th list of things I should be doing. Okay? We deciphered several things that were wrong with that thing. We never fixed it. Um, a different Chris who was on the trip with us, they put us together, and he made the mistake of putting on his application that he'd had some experience plumbing. 
Okay? Well, he didn't have much experience plumbing, and I had even less, and there was a good reason for it, right? But some of you are good plumbers. You would have done great at that, just not me. And that's okay, right? Because we're all different. We're all wired different, different abilities, different gifts, different personalities. Um, in the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, verse 10, Paul says that we are God's handiwork, okay? Um, the word, the Greek word there is poema. It means masterpiece. We are God's unique, created masterpiece, Paul says, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Think about um, just us as people joining God in the work that he's doing, whatever that might be. And then he says, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So we put that together, we realize you were made in a certain way to accomplish some things that God had planned for your particular life to accomplish before you were ever born, I believe. Unique task, prepared in advance, he says, for us and for us to do. And as we'll see, God gifts us with the ability and oftentimes the desire to accomplish those tasks. However, what we realize is that many of God's gifts seem to go unrealized and therefore unused. And if you just put together the whole concept, you realize that um, if they were created for me to do and I don't do them, then does God's work go undone? I think the answer is oftentimes yes. Steve Goodyear tells the story of a, a piano player. He was um, a good piano player. People enjoyed him, so they would go to the bar he played at, and, and he would play for them. And, and one night, he says that, um, that someone in the bar just said, I'm tired of just hearing you play. I want to hear you sing. He said, I'm not a singer. <laughs> and, but he was just persistent. Finally, he told the bartender, listen, I'm tired of hearing this guy play. Make him sing a song. And so the bartender yells across the, across the bar, listen, if you want to get paid, you better sing a song. And so um, he sang a song. Like this piano player that had never sung in public before sings this version of Mona Lisa, they said, that was sung in a way that no one had ever sung before. And it was sung that night by Nat King Cole. And this person could have been a no-name piano player playing in no-name or whatever-name bars all his life, undiscovered had not someone pushed him to reveal something that had been there all along. And instead, we had one of America's um, best-known entertainers. God has created us uniquely. And he has entrusted us with unique talents and gifts and some we might not even know yet. But in his time, he unfolds those plans for us. And then we have a choice of what are we going to do with the trust that we've been given. And it's important, I think, that we say not only that we've been entrusted, but also that we remember that we have been equipped. Okay? He gives us something to do, but he also gives us what we need to do it with. God has in mind things for us to accomplish. And so when we surrender our lives to him, when we get on board and get on track with him, he not only gives us these things to do and trusts us with them, but he also equips us with whatever it is that we need to accomplish that work. Um, now, 
many of us use our uniquenesses for our own good, right? We use them for our family, use them to support our family, use them to take care of different needs of people around us. But beyond that, these gifts, I think, find their ultimate fulfillment and service to God. I've just watched that light come on in people's lives way too many times where they find, wow, like I could... Like, I could benefit God's kingdom with this? Like, I make a living doing this, or I'm good at this. I didn't realize there was a place for me to use it in God's kingdom, but that's exactly true. In some cases, that's exactly why he gave us those gifts. In 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1 and then verses 4 through 7, Paul writes these words. He says, Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them, and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Okay? Now that last part sounds a little churchy to me. <laughs> little words you might not use all the time. So the New Living Translation says it this way. It says a spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. That's pretty easy to understand. God gives us these things so that we can love each other and serve each other and this world around us. So, so bottom line, like God never gives a person a task without giving them also what is necessary to perform that task or that responsibility. So you just think about kind of a quick survey across Scripture, right? God gave Moses a rod. God gave David a sling. He gave Samson the jawbone of a donkey, Shamgar an ox goad. He gave Esther beauty. He gave Deborah a talent for poetry. He gave Dorcas a needle. He gave Apollos an eloquent tongue. And to each, he gave the opportunity to use them. And because they used the things that God gave them in order to serve him and other people, each of them did some effective work for God. All they were, were faithful. All they did was to be obedient to God's call. Now, we're a month away from football season. Some of you, that doesn't matter at all. Some of you, it probably matters too much. For me, I much more enjoy the college game than I do the professional game, right? But a month from now, 32 teams, professional teams, are all going to begin a competition to be able to play in the Super Bowl, two teams, February 13th, 2022 at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles, okay? Now, that stadium holds between 70 to 100,000 people. One person, when they were thinking about a football game and an analogy or an observation, they said, you know, there's 80,000 people in those stands that are in desperate need of exercise, <laughs> And there are 22 people on that field that are in desperate need of rest. That would be true. Okay? But, but we don't want that to be true of God's church. Right? We don't have any stands. We don't have any places for onlookers. But we have people that have been called and gifted and entrusted and given a task to do. We're asking that everybody just put their life into play. Right? To understand God has a call on our lives and it looks different for each one of us. And that's not just okay, that's beneficial. And that's how God intended it in the first place. But there's no, there's no spectators. We're all wired differently. 
We're all wired to serve him. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 12, 12, that God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. God knew what he was doing when he made you the way he made you, when he equipped you the way you would need to be equipped so that you could serve him in the way that he had in mind. Okay? All I'm asking for today is for us to think about who is it that God has made me to be? And can I shoot for that target? Can I just become that person that he has made me to be? The skills he's given me, the experiences I've been through, the gifts that he's given me, all of those things, like they all line up in a way that makes me productive for his kingdom. Again, it's not the entry into his kingdom. You can't get there by doing good things. The only way you can get there is through the death of Jesus, through the blood of Jesus, through the cross. And that's where God shows his greatest value for you. But how do we show our value for him? What are we doing? There's a lot of different ways that happens. There are a lot of people here who, who just love to serve behind the scenes. You may not know it unless you see them or the recipient. There are people who are here during the week making phone calls, people writing cards. There, there are the people who are doing tech in our services that do all the lighting and the camera and the sound and the things that make it comfortable for us to hear God's word. There are people who come in here just to clean the rooms and the toys in the kids' area. People who mow and protect us and cook meals and deliver cookies and build and repair things and tend to flower beds all as a way of serving God because that's how they're wired. That's what they enjoy. Don't ask me to get up on stage <laughs> type people, right? And then there are others who are going to teach or they're going to lead or they're going to sing or they're going to greet and, and they, that's not, not necessarily they want to be. Maybe they do, but they're wired to be in front of us and leading us in different ways. And that's because that's how God made them to be. Other people are going to serve outside these walls that are incredibly meaningful if you've been a part or a, receive, a recipient of what they do. But I'm so encouraged when I watch people who have such a passion for the lost or the scared or the homeless or, or the disenfranchised. <laughs> For those that are hurting in different ways, those in crisis pregnancies or those in hospitals or care centers or nursing homes, rehab facilities, even those bound to their own homes. Okay? And I don't hear about them often enough, but I get peeks at them every once in a while at how the people in our church love their neighbors and their families and their friends and their co-workers, their fellow church members, even strangers. I watch them visit I watch them make a meal. I watch them pray with them. I watch them mow their lawns or fix their roofs or give them a ride to the doctor. And the list could just go on, right? Because we're just people and everybody has needs. And God puts people in our life to help meet those needs. And God puts us in their life to do that for them as well. The point is that several here in our church are living out their call, okay? But all of us have been called to serve, not just some. Every one of us has been called to serve, and God has entrusted each of us both with a task and with the tools to do that task. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 4.2, now it is required that those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. We've been entrusted with what we need to carry out God's plan, our devotion for God. Our love for God, that's what drives us to respond, not to be loved by him more, 
but to show our love and gratitude for what he has done in our life. Now, some of you are pretty, um, pretty aware of, and some of you are maybe even really comfortable with your own uniqueness, and that's a good thing. Uh, some of you might be just a little bit lost at this point, saying, that's great, but I have no idea uh, how what I am or how I am could, could be used for God's kingdom. So Drew teaches a class called Spiritual Gifts Serving in You. Um, if you have one of those red cards that was in your chair, look at the bottom of that. There's a box on there. If you don't, grab one of those red cards. We'll talk about it here in a little bit. But there's just a spot that says, hey, contact me next time you're ready to do that class because I'd like to learn a little bit more about this. Okay? It's just going to help you discover your own uniqueness and what ways you might enjoy getting involved serving God. I want you to turn to 1 Peter chapter 4. Okay? Here we're going to read Peter's encouragement for us to serve God in such a way that we're directing our efforts at actually blessing God with our lives. When we orient our lives or line up our lives towards God's calling or how he's wired us and made us, <clears throat> we begin to see that we're actually God's representatives to this world. We realize when, when people see you, if they've connected you as a disciple of Jesus, they see this is what God is like. And that's a lot of responsibility, right? And so just a reminder then on our third piece today that um, as Christians, when this happens, that we serve in Jesus' name. This isn't about us. It's about him. It's not about how good we are. It's about how good he has been to us. <clears throat> One night, a man and his wife were getting ready for bed. Um, the wife looks out the window and the light's on in their tool shed and she sees actually some, some thieves carrying things out of the tool shed. She tells her husband, he calls the police, and, and the dispatcher says, well, we're, we're kind of busy right now, um, but we'll get somebody there as soon as we can. Make sure your doors are locked, but it sounds like you're not in any harm right now. And so the call has ended. So he hangs up the phone. About 30 seconds later, he picks up the phone. He calls 911 again. He says, this is a guy that just called about the people that were breaking into our tool shed. Listen, you don't need to worry about it. Don't even need to send anybody. I took care of everything. I just shot the guys. About three minutes later, here come screaming sirens, three police cars, you know, the, the ambulance, all in a hurry to get there. And, and they caught the guys red-handed. They arrested the thieves. And one of the police officers talking to this man who made the phone call, and he said, Listen, I said, I thought you said you shot the thieves. He said, that's right. I thought you said nobody was available. <laughs> like when there's a call that comes from God, right, there's a need, and I need someone to meet that need. I've equipped someone with the tools. I've entrusted them with the responsibility. But listen, when that call comes... And the need is in the form of a person, nobody is available, is just not an acceptable response. And yet if we're not paying attention, those things go right by us and our lives never get put into play. Okay? That saying, I, I'm not saying that every need is yours to meet. Okay? Some of you are wired like that. A call comes out, you think, oh, that must be for me. And the next call comes out, oh, that must be for me. Okay? Like the world only needed one Savior. Right, that job's taken, Jesus took care of it, we don't need you to be that, but when the call goes out, it goes out to people, through the Holy Spirit, to Christians 
who've been entrusted to meet that need through the gifts that God has provided them. Like we are here on this earth to make a contribution, to represent God to other people. We weren't just created to consume resources. We weren't just created to provide for our family. We weren't just created to kind of scoot through life uh, easy. Nobody gets through life easy. There's all kinds of challenges, but what are they adding up to in your life? Listen to how Peter writes to us and to the people he wrote to originally in 1 Peter 4, verses 10 and 11. He says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength that God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To Him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. You and I are simply stewards of the gifts that God has given us. A steward is someone who is, who is given something by their master and responsible for using it for his purposes. So the gifts God gives you, they're, they're not yours, they're his gifts. But he's given them to you for a reason so that you could make a difference for his kingdom, not just for yours. Irma Bombeck once said, when I stand before God at the end of my life, I would hope that I would not have a single bit of talent left and could say, I used everything you gave me. Okay? I, I like the idea. I'm not sure I so much agree with that because I have found that when we give what God has given us, he gives us more. <laughs> if we think we're just going to be too spent to give anything more, God just replenishes us. And most of us who have just niched into this area of serving, realize there are often times in our life where God just almost inexplicably gives us what we need when we don't know where it's coming from. And so at the end of my life, I hope to just be full because I've been emptied out, because God has just replenished that in me. We need a people revolution, a revolution where people will put their lives into play for his kingdom. And so just, I want you to ask yourself, so just simply, how am I doing with the trust that God has given me? Okay? If I understand what he's given me, skills, abilities, personality, experience, those type of things, how am I doing with using them for his glory? Now, I would understand that some of you um, would have just maybe a little bit of angst or conflict right now. Uh, many of us have put our lives into play only to be um, frustrated or discouraged or not used how we think would be appropriate. Our, our heart to be used is bigger than what we've actually been used. Or some, it's just the opposite. Um, they said, well, if you're good at one thing, we'll give you 20. You must be really good at that. And, and you got so burned out and so overloaded. We've had people that have come to our church because they had to leave their church because they simply could not get a break or had to do everything. Okay, And so I understand there's some baggage potentially with that. But today's a different day. And maybe a new start would be just what God had in mind for you. Because listen, serving God the way he leads us, it doesn't destroy us. It blesses us. And so if you find yourself in that um, vortex of just 
feeling used or frustrated or worn out, maybe it's just how you're, how you're being used and, and it would take some new consideration. Okay? That said, um, I, I, we have some amazing people in our church <laughs> that are doing some incredible work for God. And so for you, there's a danger like in preaching this message, you're like, I guess I need to find some more to do. <laughs> That's not it at all. As we've said through each of these messages in this series, like when you're in line with what God wants you to do in your life, just relax. <laughs> just let God smile on you. Sense his satisfaction with you and just continue to do what you're doing. But no doubt there are others here this morning that need to hear just what we're saying that are gifted but not used, that have potential but are not using that or showing that for God and his kingdom. And so this message uh, in this series is for you because we want you to experience God's best. Experience God's best comes by living the way he's designed us to live. And he's designed us so that we would serve him and that would bring blessing. At the end of World War II, there was a group of German students, they went to London to help rebuild some things, and one of the things was a, a cathedral. And in that cathedral was a marble statue of Jesus. Before the war, it, it was simply a statue of Jesus with his arms out, not, not like $5 Jesus or, or foot-long Jesus, but, you know, with his arms out that said, come into me, come unto me, right? Um, when they put all the pieces together, they found all the pieces, but the hands had been so destroyed by the bombing that they just couldn't be put back together. So they were trying to figure out what do we do? Do we have new hands made for it? Do we leave it like it is? In the end, they decided to leave it like it was, just with the arms but no hands. And instead of the inscription under it saying, come unto me, instead the inscription reads, he has no hands but ours. I think that's fair. God uses people to accomplish his works. And so for some of you today, I'm asking you to consider how God might use you as his hands or his feet or his heart. Okay? Now, I know some of you are time constrained. It's the season of life. We have a lot of people that serve here on Sunday mornings because that's the time they're, that they are most available and that works out well. I know some of you feel like you don't know where to start. Okay? Again, that class that Drew teaches would be a great start for you. All, all I would say is this. Don't let fear keep you away from God's calling. If he's gifted you with all of these things, and he has works prepared in advance for you to do, have the faith and the courage to step forward into whatever those works might be in your life. Now, you have this card in front of you. Um, maybe it's under you. I'm not sure where it is. But I'd like it to be in front of your eyes at the moment. And take a look at this. These are just some ways that you can serve here in our church that I want you to consider. Okay? There's a place for your name and email because we're going to give this to a ministry leader that's listed on this card. If you check one of these boxes or two of these boxes, maybe in three of these boxes, please don't check all the boxes because we don't want you to serve in all those areas, but you might want to explore some different ones. So you might choose more than one. So different things we have on here. We have our building care ministry. It's the things going on inside the walls of the church here, right? It facilitates the discipling process where disciples make disciples. So we do things around here that just need done, and people are gifted and skilled in that area. We have the cookie ministry. 
You know, cookie ministry takes cookies to people who are new, uh, people who are hurting, people who um, maybe have uh, a special need or been in the hospital. They're always looking for people to take cookies to, and people are always looking to receive them, so it works out really great. You know, people that make them, people that deliver them. Our first impressions ministry, you know, greeted by people at the door, serviced by people at the information desk, handed communion and, and uh, sermon notes outlined by somebody at the table, greeted by someone in here. They, they are the face of Jesus oftentimes here. Our night to shine, we are going to do night to shine in 2022, Friday, February 11th. Um, you know if you've been around here at all that that takes a lot of people doing a lot of things. And we would love for you to, in advance, say, hey, sign me up or count me in. Contact me about how I might want to serve with regard to this. It's just one of the outreach pieces that we do. And so uh, there's a place just for outreach on there. In fact, if you drop down uh, just two or three more, we have our Rejoicing Spirits listed on there. Rejoicing Spirits is a new ministry that we're launching at the end of this month. We're doing it on the 28th of this month, and then from here on out, the third Saturday afternoon of each month, we're going to have a special worship, ser- worship service for our adults with disabilities in our community. And for some of you, you, you have a heart and a passion for Night to Shine, but you know it's more than just about making someone a king and queen for a night. You know, like, these are children of God, special people that God has created and that he loves and and we want to create an opportunity for them if they haven't yet to meet the Jesus who's the reason we do everything we do and so each month we're going to have a service and I anticipate that for some of you now we won't see you on Saturday on Sunday mornings of that weekend we'll see you on Saturday nights or Saturday afternoons of that weekend because that'll be your worship service for the week and so if you want to help with that we have some needs so check that box Um, some of you um most of us have been the recipients of our prayer ministry. People who just know what's going on in our lives that we share with and, and they take our needs or our family's needs, the people that we care about, to the throne of God, right? And some of you are prayer warriors and we'd love to see you involved in that ministry. Our grounds and property ministry takes care of everything outside the building from mowing the grass to the flower beds to trimming the trees and the bushes. And some of you say, you know, like, I don't want to get up and sing on that worship team, but I trim, trim a mean bush. And so uh, sign up for that. We'd love to have your help with that. Our safety and security team, you don't see them in that role very often. That's on purpose. But we have people that are watching our backs and protecting us during services and gatherings here at the church. Our tech team, I said before, makes all of the things we do in this room possible, right? Sound and lighting and cameras and Uh, slides, all of those pictures, and so if you could help with that, we would love that. Um, Drew talked to you last week about our TCC groups ministry, our small groups ministry. You might want to get plugged in, um, if you haven't already, another chance to mark that down. Our kids ministry, is is, our largest group of volunteers we have in the church. Several of you do that, and I so appreciate that. We know that if families come, if their kids aren't taken care of, they're not going to stay. Uh, but our kids are taken care of well because we have great volunteers in that area. Maybe you would want to join them. Our men's ministry is going to have a relaunch this coming fall. We'd love some help and some input with regard to that. Our student ministry is our junior and senior high and young adult. Uh, some of us are just strange enough to like those people. All right? 
and think that they're, they're a lot of fun. And so if that's you, we would love to have you tied into our student ministry and get involved with Jonathan with that. Our TCC women um, are going strong and doing some great things, and many of you are the recipients of that, but maybe you want to take a step and get involved more in that women's ministry. And then the worship ministry, of course, what's going up on stage. Um, you know, some of us are made to sing on a hill far away, and some of us are made to sing on a stage with a microphone. It takes all kinds, right? We don't need to go far away, but um, I, I always just hope they don't turn on this microphone inappropriately when I'm singing down there. It, it would give you a different experience, okay? But we're all wired differently, and if you're wired to be on the worship team, uh, I, I love our worship leaders. They do an incredible job, and uh, maybe you could be one of them. And then again, that bottom box just says, hey, contact me. Next time you start this class, I'd like to just take maybe a fresh look at how God has made me or how God has wired me. So here's how we're going to finish our service. I'm going to pray here in just a moment. And then we're going to give you some time um, just to look at that card and think about how does God want me to serve right now. Again, for some of you, I, I don't expect to see a card because you're already right where God wants you to be. But that's not everybody. And we need everybody. We don't need anybody in the stands. We need everybody on the field. So if that's you and you're ready to get into a role and begin to put your life into play, fill out that, check one or two of those boxes maybe, put it in the offering box on the way out, and one of the ministry team leaders will contact you. And we just look forward to what God is doing in our church. All right, let me pray. Father, you are good. That is the basis and foundation of, of all of this, Father. You're good in that you've gifted us, that you've equipped us, that you have given us the things we need so that we can not just live a life but live a life that honors you and live a life that's fulfilling and productive because we're walking in the path that you've uniquely made for us. So God, show us that we are your masterpiece. Show us how we can live that out in a way that honors you and we'll be faithful to follow you down that path. In Jesus' name.